We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Advanced Sports Analytics Show here on Roto Grinders, brought to you by Jock Market. Stop throwing your money away. It's time to check out Jock Market, the app where daily fantasy becomes a stock exchange. Buy and sell shares of players in real time for real money. Download now for all 100% deposit match up to $50 using the promo code GRINDERS. And get this, if you don't turn a profit this week, Jock Market is running back their first market guarantee to cover your losses this week. Download Jock Market in the app or Play Stores or check out jockmarket.com. That's J-O-C-K-M-K-T.com. And use the code GRINDERS for a 100% deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me there on Twitter, joined by the man behind the numbers, the dials, the models, the levers, the little the, the, the divots, I don't know, the, the, the hamster wheels at Advanced Sports Analytics. It's Stuart Gibson for a, uh, we always say it's an interesting week, right? It's, it's an interesting week. Uh, uh, yeah. We do have a week where, uh, we, we, we don't, we have 12 games, so it's not like there are like that many buys, but it seems like the highest total teams are not on this slate. So there's only two games that are over 50 total uh, on a week like this are in your, in your simulations that you run, as far as like the, the top stack percentage, do you see much more flatter results or does it still come out that, you know, the teams with the, the highest totals are still substantially higher over the the lower total ones. Yeah, well, I think, you know, you are right. It does seem like we kind of say every week is interesting. Perhaps a good exercise would be to like qualify that with what about it is interesting. Um, I would say, so, so to me, like what stands out this week is like you said, like a lot of the power 
stacks power offenses um and a lot of like the really i think talented skill players you know with kc uh seattle of sorts being off the slate um well seattle's still on the slate but they just have geno smith at quarterback right yeah yeah you're right i'm sorry so they're so they're not like uh in play dal um or no yeah i'm looking at the uh, right correct dallas not on the slate so um Yes, the the um, and, and then also like you said, the low totals. The the uh, yeah, simulated scores ten are, are I guess have been flatter um, in previous weeks. Like I to me, like when there is when there is a dearth of uh, high total games. If there is one game that really stands out as exceptional, like I think that can create unflat uh, kind of. Uh, you know, very, very skewed results. Uh, that has not been the case this week. Um, seeing a lot of, uh, like, I think one thing that's interesting is we simulate across uh, understanding that there are some lineups that are going to double stack, some that'll single stack, some will uh, bring back, uh, have bring back, some will not have bring backs, some, some will bring back one, two, uh, zero. Uh and I think in, in this in this week, I'm seeing not super strong returns for just stacks in general. I'm not really sure what to make of that, other than that maybe uh, it's a week where uh, I, I don't think like not stacking is is like what the the recommendation would be, but perhaps uh, under maybe not not going super hard on like uh, large game stacks, maybe being more open to single as opposed to double stacks, uh, potentially being open to uh, no bringbacks. Uh, I'm not, I don't know that I have like a clear hypothesis as to what that is a function of. I think um, I do. It, it could, I mean, it could be that, you know, the, the chalkiest and probably best value quarterback on the slate is, uh, you know, a running quarterback. So when you sim things out and get, single stack or sorry, no stack hurts. Uh, perhaps those are outperforming uh, stacked lineups. And uh, just the fact that there, you know, aren't the traditional stack teams that we like uh, Kansas city, you know, Russ Wilson, Seattle, Dallas, uh, stuff like that. Uh, of course, you know, you have uh, Los Angeles who we like stacking, but they're in kind of a weird matchup. Um, so I don't that, that that's, just some general observations that I'm seeing kind of as I run the numbers this morning uh, and maybe some context as to why we might be seeing that. But uh sounds like you have kind of a clear thinking as to why that might be. I'd be interested to hear kind of how, how you see that. Uh, I think out. it's a product of two things. One, the totals are closer to one another, right? So we have a lot of games in like this mid forties range and lower scoring games are not as good, as good for the ceiling of stacks, meaning that, having multiple players in a game score 30 plus points, right? There may be one, but there may be one in this game and one in that game and one in this game, less so than the combination of two teammates being 60 points, 50 to 60 points combined. So one may get 30 and the other gets 15. And that happens in three or four games where the stack isn't as necessary. And then also it's a byproduct of more efficient pricing. As the season goes on, the pricing gets much more efficient. That if I, if I told you that the Brady stacks this, that Godwin and Evans were both four thousand, like obviously the Tampa Bay double stack would show up as like a top 
top possible, right? If Stefan Diggs was 6,600 and not 8,100, you'd see the bills up there more because for the price consideration of the double, the price is cheap enough that their ceiling is worth playing. I think on this slate, the, the, the product of the pricing makes the double stacks where I go through the projections, both uh, our gridiron IQ projections as well as the blitz. And in each game, there's like, you know, one or two guys that are projected, you know, well in comparison to their salary. But there aren't many games where it's like six guys, like project over expectation, where it's like, no, like I want to play a double with two bringbacks, you know, type of thing, because they all project well. It just seems like you go through game by game and it's like, oh, I can pay the quarterback with this wide receiver. And then if I do the double stack, I'm going to be sacrificing two points in projection by yeah. doing so. So like oh, there's a lot of those. And obviously, as long as the game goes over its total, those doubles can absolutely hit because that's what you're, you're not you're not aiming for median outcomes. But I think in the simulations, that's what you're seeing when you see 55 point totals and two guys in the um, in the game are $800 too cheap. Like that said that, that those SIM scores are going to have to go up because you're now able to afford like the best projected one-offs that have most likelihood of hitting their ceiling. And it makes, you know, one stack 17% likely. And then the next one be eight. I think on this slate, because of the totals being closer and not multiple pieces of a game uh, being as high projected that you're more likely to see from median perspective, like more of these single stacks, non-run backs, a little bit, a little bit less correlated lineups because the correlation isn't worth like sacrificing two points in projection to add the double stack when you just play the better, better projected play there and you have like 10 of them to choose from. Yeah. So with a week like this, um, lost my train of thought there. Oh, yes. Um, you know, so, so yes, with the more efficient pricing, in theory, uh, it becomes more difficult to identify value you get kind of flatter ownership i guess you, you have kind of this flatter ownership structure with the convergence to more efficient pricing is your inclination to take that increased pricing efficiency and say all right good uh it's most sensible now since i have less confidence in any one player uh breaking the slate or just being like a supreme value uh my inclination is to become more uh, spread out, more, more even with my ownership. Or uh, conversely, you could say, okay, well, the field is going to be more uh, spread out and thin across players. Excellent opportunity for me to uh, go overweight on specific players that I really like that um, are, are just not – like no, one, no one's going to get huge ownership, right? So like uh, on, on the one hand, uh, maybe – yeah, maybe that, that, is, that is for a reason. On the other hand, it's potentially an opportunity to be – uh, very overweight on and you don't even have to go like you know on some weeks you have to go 50 percent ownership to be twice the field on a player that you really like but on a week like this week uh it only feels like you need to go up to like 40 or so to be like twice the field for 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 medium to large size tournaments of course you know small field that you're gonna have slightly more condensed ownership well i think i think on field on, on slates with with more con, more spread out ownership i'm more likely to take advantage of correlation than i would otherwise because there's that those three levers of dfs projection correlation and leverage like that leverage lever is like kind of like kind of flimsy 
right? There's not much leverage to be had by yeah. like, if, oh, if you're not going to play this guy, you play the negatively correlated guy. Like, well, no, like no one's more than 22% owned. Like how much am I gaining by doing that? I'm getting something. Yeah, sure. But I think I'm gaining more with the correlation lever that if I have, you know, seven guys that all project similarly in the same, you know, range, same, you know, salary adjusted value, like why aren't I just playing the correlated ones to each other? Because I think the field is more likely to try to pick and choose. And I'm more likely to just say, I'm going to play four of these games and stack them up and let those be the ones that go over their total. Then try to pick and choose. I just think I'm not going to get it right often enough to kind of pick, pick out if there's 12 guys that are all efficiently, mostly efficiently priced. Like, can I pick the three that do well? and have them spread out like how many different combinations do i need i yeah I, i'm i think i'm more with you that that i'm just going to i'm going to take shots where i think the shots are where i think they're the the ownership isn't going a little bit more so than not and then on top of that add the correlation so if i'm right on that one thing i'm more likely to be right on these other three things in combination than try to just make 150 combinations of just like well, here's lineups that all project within three points of each other. Any one of these 150 could hit as all one-offs. Like, I, I just don't think there's a competitive advantage in doing that because the pricing is efficient. None of those lineups are different from any other lineups that could be built. So I can't pull that leverage lever. I'm, it, it's weird to say. I, I think I'm more likely. You say that that correlation won't matter as much from a projection standpoint, but from a strategic standpoint, it matters more because there's no leverage. There's no places. There's no like Derrick Henry is a million percent owned, so I'm going to play A.J. Brown. There's none of that. Like maybe Daryl Henderson is the highest owned player, but I even don't think he's going to get past 25% ownership. So like, and then Cup is going to be owned. Like where do I get Rams leverage? I don't know. I mean, like it just seems like I'm foregoing a lot of those leverage strategy dynamics but that also means I I got to go I got to go somewhere, right? I mean, you don't you don't suggest I just play a, a, a nine one-offs and just that's it. I mean, you can, from a mathematical perspective, you can. So that's what your simulations are probably picking up on. But from like a pragmatic point of view, I'm more likely to just get a game right to some extent than just be just very similar to baseball, right? Yeah, sure. Can you pick up the eight? Can pick out the eight home runs, the two home run games in fourteen games. I guess it's possible that would be the optimal way to do it, but I'm much more likely to just take five batters from a team and go, I hope the Braves put up 14 runs today and I get enough points. Yeah. All right. Good talk. Well, let's, um, let's get into, into it to the games. Yeah. Okay. First game on the docket, uh, highest total game on the slate currently didn't open that way. It opened 47 and a half. It's now up to 51. It is the Titans at the Colts. Uh, the Colts are a two and a half point favorite now, 26.75 implied total for the Colts, 24.25 for the Titans. We just got word that Julio Jones will be out. Uh, he was questionable. He didn't, I don't think he even practiced all week. Uh, so that's going to open up in the projections a little bit more for uh, AJ Brown. Uh, we don't have the ownership in this game to be that dramatic yet. I think with uh, the Julio news, that's going to go up. Uh, we have Pittman is the highest owned player in this game currently, 17% projected owned. Uh, the quarterbacks, not so much. 
Uh, do you think that the most obvious way to play these are single stacks? Like Wentz, Pittman, Brown, or Tannehill, Brown, Pittman. And if you do Tannehill, Brown, you can play Jonathan Taylor instead. Or do you think that, that Derrick Henry, after his you know performance last week, even though the Chiefs you know got rolled, he didn't really get there. At 8,900, he's not projecting to be – he's not projecting that well, first off. And uh, he's not going to get that high. We have him at 10% ownership. Uh, do you think that it's a very condensed way to play this game stack? Or are you more inclined to just take shots on like the Mo Alley cuts for sure, tight ends, Pascal and Naeem Hines? Because, I mean, they could throw to a lot of other people, but it's very, very clear who the, who the core players in this game are. Uh, and then on top of that, do you think with the Julio news, you know, this, this kind of, you know, gains a little bit more ownership than it should. Yeah. It's um, I mean, I think my, my inclination would be to not uh, I'm sorry, I guess the, the Tennessee side, I, I don't mind just doing like Brown Tannehill Pittman, but uh, we haven't updated for the Julio injury. So I, to me, that seems like a potentially significant shakeup. I would guess that the ownership on, Obviously, Brown will rise, and I think, and and the value as well. And I think uh, with that, you're going to see a bit of a, an increase on Tannehill. Uh, I think there are other games that I would prefer on the slate. Uh, usually, Derrick Henry's like, you know, f- like full fade or very nearly full fade for me. I think this is a slate where I'm actually not opposed to playing him, just given the lack of premier alternatives uh, on the slate. Uh, but in general, I think, in a, especially if we see uh, the ownership projection for like Tannehill and Brown rise, probably a game that I would want to be underweight on. I, th- I just think there are other other spots that that I would be interested in. We also have to wait on see on uh, on T. Y. Hilton status. He's questionable, so that that could that could increase uh, the projection on on Pittman. But I, I think I'm with you. I I have no problem with these guys as as one offs though. Like I'll play Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman, AJ Brown, Derrick Henry, even like as one-offs. But I think as the game stack, it's just like no other players in this game project well. Like just like not like it's like so to build the double stacks, it feels like if I put in Ferkser or Mo Ali Cox, like I'm kind of playing for just a punt touchdown, which I guess is viable. But like the double stacks and stuff, like it just seems like this. This isn't the game. And and when Pittman's 17, if Pittman's going to be cheap chalk at 5,300 makes me even less inclined to play him as a one-off. So then like, it takes me even more out of this game. And I think AJ Brown, we have currently a 10% own. I think with this Julio news, that's going to double at 6,900. AJ Brown may end up being one of the highest owned. You know, if we have AJ Brown and Michael Pittman as the two highest owned wide receivers, like what am I gaining by stacking? Like, especially when none of the other players in this game kind of project. Yeah. I mean, like, we we always talk about correlation as being something that you want to uh i guess ro- you want to roster correlated pieces but i mean there's also sometimes valuable to value to fading correlated pieces right like if if uh brown and pitman who i think would have positive correlation right just as opposing receivers if that game kind of shoots out uh naturally they both have an elevated probability of performing well you know the the advantage to fading correlated plays is that if one fails there's 
an increased probability that the other one fails as well. Uh, so, you know, if this game, if this game goes under significantly and Brown and Pittman are both close to 20% owned, you know, there's a, there's potential for like one in every three lineups to just be completely nuked as far as ability to win first place. You know, you can still, uh, you know, if you have one of those guys and they put up a snowflake, of course you can still have kind of a min cash or, or, you know, not, not top, not top half percent or whatever. Um, but yeah, I don't know. To me, it just feels like a spot to, to be under. I think there are other lower total games uh, that, that I would prefer um, to, to stack. Um, right. No, I agree with you on the correlated part. If, if Pittman and, and Brown are both going to be like 20 plus percent owned, it makes more sense to either play them together or don't play them at all. And if you play them together, yeah. you're not even gaining that much because a lot of people will be playing them together. So yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm on, I'm on your side, especially now with the, the Julio news. So I think AJ Brown's ownership is going to come up. Uh, the next game, the only, uh, the only other game with a 50 plus total is, uh, is the Buccaneers at the saints. So we got basically the two dome games, right? Of the two games that are over 50. So 50 and a half total, the bucks are favored by four and a half. Uh, the bucks have an implied team total of 27, the Saints implied team total of 22 and a half. Uh, Rob Gronkowski will be playing and Antonio Brown will be out. So that, you know, uh, you, know you get another, another mouth to feed in the receiving game at the tight end position. Uh, Godwin figures at 6,400 to be one of the chalkiest receivers on the slate at 6,400. Uh Kamara is, is, is viable, I guess, on the other side, but like nothing else, like our, uh, I ran a bunch, like I, I'm, tip, I'm typically over on Brady stacks most weeks, Yeah, right? I'm, I'm typically, same, same. Uh, Brady's figured to be one of the highest owned quarterbacks on the slate. Uh, when I, when I've stacked uh, Tom Brady, it's been Tampa Bay with 30 plus team totals, 32, 33. Uh, and typically without Gronk in. So I've, I've stacked the two wide receivers and, and Antonio Brown would be one of them. Uh, we have Godwin at 21%, Fournette at 18%, Evans at around 10, Kamara around 10, Gronk at six, but he, he, his ownership always comes in a little bit higher. Uh, am I nuts to say that, that, I will, that I will be the most under on this game than anything else that if if i were to play this game to me it's very straightforward i think i'm more likely if i do play this game not play the stack and just play kamara plus one of the bucks as a secondary and not play brady because i just think the pricing of once you add gronk's target share in there i think godwin and evans on their own are fine i think fournette on his own is fine but I think it's less likely that a combination of two of them plus Brady hit often enough in comparison to their ownership. And I think that's also a byproduct of the Saints defense being pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I am with you. Like, I think it seems like every week we're pretty high on uh, this Tampa Bay team with, you know, essentially I, to me, like I would rather play Tampa Bay in these blowout games. Like I don't think they operate like traditional teams with regards to, running the ball went ahead. Like I almost think they do better at these kind of high implied total 
high, you know, spread or blowout risk type games. And yeah, with Gronk back, one more mouth to feed. Uh, New Orleans is going to be tough on defense. They're, they're going to be kind of slow on offense. Um, to me, this seems like a game that just could drastically underperform when for most Tampa Bay games, they kind of feel like spots where I don't even necessarily want to say that like the game is likely to go over, but it, it feels like in most spots, Tampa Bay is likely to overachieve kind of their implied total. Um, yeah, we have Brady with one of the lower simulated scores uh, at his position, which is uh, odd because he's usually at the top of, um, you know, that, that metric uh, on other slates. Um, so yeah, I think probably just a function of, of, the, the target tree becoming a little more muddled and just just the matchup um, and kind of game game script. I mean, it would be contrarian to play the other side of the game, but like Winston plus Kamara plus, oh, I mean, like the Saints wide receiver core is, I mean, maybe the worst in yeah. football. And I know that, you know, to stop, you know, you can't expect Kamara to have that great of a running game against, the Buccaneers, but he will catch plenty of passes out of the backfield now. Uh, I mean, is it worth it to even try the other side? Or if this game, if this game, if the Buccaneers, if if the Saints do well in this game, that I think the Buccaneers do well, and he'd rather just have the Buccaneers side. If the Saints put up thirty points, the game is is uh, 30-27. and the Buck side still gives you more fantasy points than the than the Saints side. So. I mean, would you agree with me? Is there any reason to play a saint stack as a contrarian play on the other side? I don't think so. I mean, uh, the kind of the player pool that I've put together at this stage in the week, like have a good bit of Godwin is just one off. So sprinkling of Camara here and there and, uh, you know, really trying to take this game as just like a, a one off or potentially like Godwin Camara, you know, secondary stack, but uh yeah, it's weird. I mean, second second highest total on a slate that's really lacking in high total games and just has very little appeal to me from a stacking uh, standpoint. Okay, let's talk about the two teams that have the highest implied team totals, just that they're in very big spread games. So the Bills currently have the highest implied team total at 31 and a half. It's a 49 total. They're playing in Buffalo against the Dolphins. Dolphins have a 17 and a half implied team total. So that's a two touchdown favorite for the bills Uh, on the projections that I'm seeing in the blitz. It's weird to say that the the highest, I mean, we've said this like almost like three games in a row. Uh, You, you figure I, I play, I've been over on Allen stacks for most of this year when people are like, Oh, I'd rather play Mahomes. I'd rather play this guy at Lamar Jackson. And I just go, let me just get Allen double stacks and just play them every week. Uh, this game doesn't even project that well. I'm assuming it's because Miami's passing defense is pretty good. Uh, that digs is up to 8,100. Uh, they do throw the Allen does spread the ball around enough. Uh, am I nuts to say that? I don't, I don't even like, I don't like the bill stacks. No, I, I, um, yeah, I think that seems reasonable. I kind of like the Tampa Bay, uh, sorry, the Miami side of this game. Um, yeah, I think it's weird. Like I'm trying to kind of even even with Parker, like you have to make a very very big butt. If Parker's back, then th- th- these prices are a little 
little up yeah. there. But if Parker's not in, then I then I could make more of a case for what you're talking about. Yeah, um, that that is true. He kind of does mess things up if he's in. Um, yeah, it's weird. Like Buffalo is kind of in Tampa Bay's territory as far as willingness to pass from ahead. Um, yeah, but I I I am seeing a lot of uh, like Diggs Beasley uh, bring being brought back on you know something like uh, to a Gasicki to a Waddle Gasicki to a just plain waddle uh you know gaskin to me even i think is is in play um i i'm 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 quite interested i think in the miami side i i have them pegged uh as, as one of the more uh you know positive simulated uh scored stacks uh so so that would be a stack that i'd be pretty interested in and even though you know two had the big league last week we're not projecting him for a ton of ownership. Um, doesn't seem that you guys have super high ownership on him either. Uh, next to no ownership, it looks like. Uh, so, so that that would be a spot I think I'd be fairly interested in uh, going with this. Probably like a single Miami single stack. Uh, just bring back with Diggs or Beasley, uh, something like that. Okay. The other high total, large spread game is with uh, the Rams. Rams have a 30 and a half implied team total at home against the Texans. It's a 46 total game. Rams are a 15 point favorite over the Texans. Uh, Henderson is probably going to be the highest owned uh, running back, but not like absurdly high owned. Uh, let, let, let me just read these props to you. Uh, seven and a half receptions. Okay. And this, this is all positive juice. Uh, neg- uh, negative, which means it's 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 pot in, in the upper range. Seven and a half receptions Sorry, for 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 what player or is this a uh, I'll go. I'll, I'll tell you that. But you'll oh, know okay. who the play. You know who the player. Okay. Seven and a half receptions, ninety six and a half receiving yards, anytime touchdown score odds of minus one sixty four. If the, if you consider just that the median, if it hits the prop, if he if this guy gets eight catches for a hundred yards, and a touchdown, we're talking about twenty seven points. Uh, I don't think people realize that like 18% ownership for Cooper cup at 9,000 is like saying like in 2019, why aren't we playing Michael Thomas every week at 9,000 for the saints when breeze was there and, and everything. Uh, I, the, the ownership on this stack, the ownership on this game is, is not, is not low, but I mean, Stafford 10%. Cup 18%, uh, Henderson 21, Cooks as a bringback 19, Robert Woods is lower, so he has six, Van Jefferson seven, Higby 2.8. Uh, I much prefer, I, out of all the other games from a projection standpoint, I, I have no problem with this game. Uh, the other games that we're talking about, this is a, has a 46 total, but I think I'm much more confident in the prices of the Rams on how their offense is played against the Texans defense that I think I'm, I'm going to have plenty of Matt Stafford stacks. And it's quite possible that I just have Stafford Henderson cup. And just, I just, just basically give me all of that. And on a slate where the ceilings of a lot of games are going to be lower. I think I can beat everyone else, even with the chalky combination of those three and let people try to just run me down. 
Got it. I this is a game I'm inclined to be under on. Um the the spread with the spread being the way it is, and I don't really see Los Angeles as being quite as pass happy as um you know Tampa or Buffalo. Uh not a spot I'm I'm super interested in. And you know, I think the Texans have at times been pretty uh, anemic as far as a team that that can bring it back uh but you know they could this it seems reasonable to me like could be setting up as kind of uh the the chiefs uh of the week with you know oh you know the game totals too high uh ownership's going to be too high too expensive you know how could i possibly uh play them and you know they go out and do what they're priced to do and not as many people as you would think have them. And, uh, you know, they break the slate, uh, coming through with our numbers though. They're not showing up as like, uh, you know, super, super strong ROI generated on their stacks. Um, but in a slate that's completely lacking in uh, kind of stacks with, with kind of high, high confidence in putting up huge ceilings, they're, they're probably one of the few uh, stacks that could. So, uh, does does seem reasonable to me, but they're they're not coming through super strong in our numbers as of now. A way to get different in this is playing the Stafford stack like that and bringing it back with David Johnson instead of Brandon Cooks. Now that Mark Ingram is gone, Johnson can catch passes out of the backfield. He's forty two hundred. Uh, I know that sounds disgusting, but I think a lot of people will be playing. I think Brandon Cooks is going to be popular at 5,700 and for a team that's only has an applied total of 15 and a half that that doesn't sound great for his ceiling I don't necessarily think the Rams need to be pushed I think the Rams would just score 35 points even if it's 35 to three uh and I'm more likely if David Johnson is going to be single digit owned versus Cooks being almost 20 percent owned that maybe that's a way to differentiate by still playing a chalky Ram stack and using and maybe don't play Henderson. You just play Stafford Cup Woods or Stafford Cup Jefferson Johnson, and you do it that way. And then everyone's looking, going, "Yeah, why didn't we play David Johnson when uh, you know David or Philip Lindsay?" Or like, yeah, I mean, these are these are disgusting plays. But uh, in order yeah. to win GPPs, sometimes you got to play disgusting plays. Definitely. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know that I have a clear, super clear understanding of what uh, we're expecting Houston to do. Uh, we have projected as more more or less a 50-50 split with Johnson doing a lot more of the receiving work. Um, yeah, that that checks out to me. I, I, I do agree with you. Like, I would prefer not to have much of the – I mean, not much of, like, Brandon Cooks. You know, it's just going to be so chalky and the, the quite low team total. Um, and, yeah, I do do like the, the kind of secondary Los Angeles receiver guys, uh, Jefferson – Woods, I think, uh, could be a good way to kind of cut through uh, the the chalk that you are eating, I guess, with Woods. But I, I mean, sorry, with a uh, cup. But like, uh, you are correct in that. Just compared to previous weeks, like, I don't even know if cup is quote unquote chalk. You know, like uh, people don't believe haven't... they go and they go. How do I pay nine k for this guy? It's like you're going to think of why didn't I pay nine k for this guy? Yeah. That being said, I mean, with Thomas, we rarely saw this. Did, we rarely saw the Saints with like you know two touchdown uh, spreads. Um, but yeah, no, he 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 has he has had a role this year that is um, 
yeah, probably one of the most prolific roles we, we've seen in quite some time. So, um, yeah, it could be one of those spots. Okay, let's go to pluses and minus. So the games that uh, that we haven't mentioned that we're either going to be over on or under on, right? So, uh, so what's your first plus? Yeah, so I it, it's probably going to be the, the most popular quarterback. I mean, I, I think very likely Hertz is the most popular quarterback, but he's a guy I would want to still be overweight on. Uh, just think there's tremendous value there. Uh, going to want to single stack him with, uh, you know, just, or, I mean, you could even do a double, like you could do Goddard plus Smith. Uh, I even think yeah, Hertz plus Sanders probably have some degree of well, Sanders is going to be out. So it's going to be Kenneth Gainwell. Right. Okay. Right. Right. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Um, Goddard, like Devonta Smith look good to me. Uh, think there's, you know, we're seeing we we have uh, Amonra St. Brown still in uh, Oktoberfest. Uh, you know, just just closing out October with the Oktoberfest narrative. Uh, do like St. Brown as a bringback option from the uh, Detroit side. You know, of course, you can go with Swift as well. He's more or less functioning as a you know wide receiver that gets goal line touches. Uh, so it is likely to be the most popular uh stack or at the very least the most popular quarterback but i think one that i'm willing to work to be overweight on uh so so i have philadelphia side uh, pegged as a plus uh coming into the weekend okay but they're also going to be high owned also so it's kind of they're, they're no, but the same way that my plus for the rams kind of like oh they're chalk but i'm still going to be over on this how about a minus a game that's most um, likely going to be owned that we haven't talked about that you probably would be under. I mean, Tampa, Tampa is kind of the minus I've pegged. I think Cincinnati would be a side that I would want to be under on. I don't think they're going to generate like huge ownership, but uh, just given, given the spread of that game, given how run heavy they can be uh, still think Burrow is going to generate some ownership. Of course, Chase is coming off uh, the big week, you know, T Higgins, I think should, uh, should generate a good bit of ownership. Uh I think to me, this is just a spot I, I I want to be I want to be under on, uh, and and of course you know the Jets don't really appear as like a team that has super reliable bring back options, so not really a game I'm super interested in stacking up. Of course, you know Chase or T Higgins can kind of go out and on an island get enough points to to you know sustain their price tag, but not sure that there's just enough um, competitive game time and just given how Cincinnati tends to be when they're ahead, that, that would be a spot I'd want to be under on. Yeah, that, that was my, that was my minus. I was uh, all on board with the, I think there's gonna be too many Burrow, Chase Higgins type of lineups. And I like the receivers as one-offs, you know, smattered amongst yeah. lineups, but not, not even making like Michael Carter secondaries. It's like, no, I'm probably just like a Bengals receiver and as a one-off, but my, you haven't gotten my plus. Uh, uh, could you well, could, the, okay? You, you can, can you guess my plus? Yeah, Maybe. I have two two guesses. Uh, really, not in any particular order, but uh, do like both uh, the Chargers and the Falcons as potential stacking options. Uh, not sure if either of those are uh, where okay, you're thinking. Okay, you're 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 close. You're close. Uh, yeah, we didn't talk about the Chargers against the Patriots. They have a forty nine and a half total. Uh, I mean, obviously, you could play Herbert. Plus Allen, plus, I mean, uh, I like that more as a single stack than a double stack. 
unless you play Jared Cook in the tight end spot. The problem comes in on the Patriots side. It's like it's like almost none of their players outside of the running backs have a ceiling. Like Myers is serviceable, but do you see him putting up 30 points? And this will be the week that he catches. He catches all his touchdowns in one game, right? Four touchdown game, right? Type of thing. Uh, but you're you're close on the Falcons. I'm on actually I actually prefer the other side of the game. You like Carolina, okay? I'm I'm uh, it, it's it's disgusting. That to, to basically I I <laughs> Sam Darnold trying to save his job. Uh, I think DJ Moore is going to go drastically underowned in this price range. And uh, the Falcons passing defense, I have no problem attacking, right? I mean, no one has a problem attacking that. So looking at, uh, like, I don't mind the other side of the game either. I mean, I don't like, I, I like Ryan as well. Because uh, I think both of these defenses aren't good. Uh, right. But playing something like Darnold plus Moore plus Anderson, I know and- Anderson has gotten, in four games, he's gotten 34 targets. And he has like he has like nothing to show for it, so it's not like they're not throwing to him. So like at their prices, why can't they play? Dar- Darnold also has rushing upside, right? Because he's rushed touchdowns in. Uh, why can't they play uh, a, a double stack with a Ridley run back, or the Pitts run back, or the Patterson run back, or I play the Ryan side with the Hubbard, Chubba Hubbard run back type of thing. Like it seems like there's a lot of ways that I could go in this game. And this game, this game is one of those games where this could end uh, easily end uh, uh, 13 to six, right? Because both teams are, are not good. But also because the defenses aren't good, this game could end uh, 42 to 38. I mean, like it could be one of those games. So like, I like identifying those high variance games and for their prices and their ownership, uh, I mean, we have DJ Moore at 6% owned. And if you told me DJ Moore had 12 for 120 and two touchdowns, like I'm not, if it if the beginning of the year, you wouldn't be shocked. People were like, oh yeah, DJ Moore is an alpha, right? Yeah. So like while everyone's getting off this Panthers train, uh, maybe I'm going to get on. And uh, that's why it's GPP though. So I fully expect to crash and burn. I fully expect... Uh, uh, to open up the, the third quarter, uh, we see PJ Walker at quarterback and all of my lineups. are gone. Yeah. Yeah. My, I guess just my thinking with the Carolina side is like, I don't think Darnold or like more are going to be super high owned, but I'm not convinced that there's like a, a huge, huge ownership gap between uh, Darnold and Ryan Ridley is somewhat, I think in a, in a, a, a significantly ahead of any Carolina guys, but like, I'm not sure there's, I mean, I think more will be more owned than say Patterson or Pitts. Um, and even looking at different games, like I'm not sure there's going to be a huge uh, have yet to see. I, I would guess as of now, we don't have a huge ownership gap between Darnold and Tannehill. Uh, I would expect that to change though with, uh, you know, Brown and therefore uh, Tannehill ownership going up, but like even like Wentz and uh, Darnold, I guess to me, like just in looking at some of the, you know, basic numbers, uh, not seeing like huge ownership gap between Darnold and Moore, I guess, and then other options that to me seem a little more compelling. Um, but I mean, it's the same type of game. Like take the same lineup that I have and just put Ryan there instead of Darnold. I mean, like 
Yeah. We were just arguing that small thing, but I'm looking at this. And if I told you there was a $4,700 wide receiver that was going to be two to 3% owned, then in the past four games had nine, 11, seven and 11 targets. I'll, I'll, I'll go down with this. I'll go down with the Robbie Anderson ship. I mean, I think people have been trying to do that. And I think people are going to get off. I think this is the week people get off. Yeah. And I'm going to get on and I'm going to be the one that explodes, but uh, at least I'm going to, I'll, I'll try, I'll try it out. Yeah. No, I, 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 I expect to have a, a decent bit of Robbie Anderson as kind of bring backs to the Atlanta side. Um, and I guess you, you see Carolina as being kind of a double stackable team, right. With like, more right. I think, Anderson, I think that's Darnold. the reason why Darnold stands out more to me than Ryan. Cause I think I'm more likely to want to just two wide receivers stack it. And on the, the, like Ridley plus Pitts is just more expensive. And then you got Patterson in there, a running back who's not really a running back. Like there's just, there's a lot of ways and Gage is still there at 4,200. It feels like to me that making the Falcons stack with two guys, there are a lot of combinations and it's very easy to get it wrong. But on the Carolina side, it's uh, to me, I just view it as three guys, more Anderson and Hubbard. And like, like, so why not just use the quarterback from that side? So at least I could just my bring back if I even use one, but I probably would, could just be like, I don't have to worry, but I could just use one. Of, I don't have to get the right two. I just have to get one, right? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and of course, you know, the one on the Atlanta side is, even though it's going to be high ownership, like such a, you know, screaming value uh, where, I don't know, you feel kind of, at least I, I feel confident and kind of, pegging Ridley as the one on the other side as we're with Carolina. Um, right. And at 18% ownership, I don't mind that ownership when I'm playing 2% on Robbie and 6% on Moore and 4% on Darnold. Like, I was like, okay, the rest of my lineup is probably going to be, ch- I mean, like that lineup, I can play Daryl Henderson and I can play Chris Godwin in that lineup. Like it just, it's just, it's that it's the old school vomit stack approach of play the stack that not many people are playing and then just be able to just, now I just jam in the best plays around it. And as long as my stack gets there and the chalk hits, like I win, I win all the money. So like to me that, that it's an old, that the Carolina stack is the old school vomit stack on a slate. That's more propense to do something like that. Cause we really don't have exorbitant and high total games. And even in the games that we do have higher totals, the projection on those stacks are not, you know, are not like must have level types of percentages that you want to be, like significantly over on. Yeah. Um, I got one vomit stack to close it out. Just they're showing up with good numbers. Um, having to me, doesn't jump off the pages like, Oh, that makes total sense, but we have can a I decent guess? score. Can I guess? Can I guess? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Go for it. Okay. I'm going to get, cause you guessed mine. I'm going to, is, is it, is it Jacksonville? It's not. Okay. Um, okay. Now I'm interested. Okay, yeah. Uh, Denver uh, just going like Bridgewater. Sutton, uh, you know, you have Judy, Judy will be coming back. Do you have Judy in your projections though? Yeah, yeah, we do. Okay. Um, so you know, you you would figure that that would shave off, you know, some some value from Sutton. Uh I, I mean, is, is there gonna be any lingering uh kind of protection of Judy, or is the the assumption that he'll be full systems go? Because I mean, if he is talking like, to me, I don't know. I just look on Twitter yeah, and whatever Twitter yeah, tells me. I have no idea. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> um yeah, I guess we'll have to find out closer to Sunday. But like to me, uh, something like Bridgewater, Judy, Sutton makes makes decent sense. Uh, I guess on the Washington side, you know, you have a pretty clear bring back uh, option. 
in McLaurin. I mean, I guess people are still going to do kind of RSJ. Uh, to me, McLaurin would be the other guy that I, I would want to target, you know, paying up for a, a clearly very talented and kind of voluminous receiver going up against tough defense. Um, so that, that, that is one kind of uh, game stack that, you know, I look at the total and it looks terrible, um, but they are showing up with decent numbers. Um, so Jacksonville, you kind of, you know, yeah. Talk, talk me through Jacksonville. Well, I'm not saying I are. like Jacksonville. I just, that, that, I just think the, the Seahawks aren't the Seahawks anymore without Russell Wilson. So like, I think that, that the ownership in this game is going to be primarily on the running backs. So like, who's, who's taking DK Metcalf? Who's playing $5,900 Marvin Jones. Like these guys don't even project that well. I'm just looking at the ownership. I did the highest owned player in this game is going to be Robinson and Dan Arnold as a punt yeah, tight Arnold. end. So if Dan Arnold is going to be high owned, why don't I play Lawrence Arnold Marvin Jones with DK Metcalf or something leverage off of the running back ownership. I'm just looking from a, from a strategic perspective, but I mean, this game doesn't project well though. So like, like that's why, like yeah. you said, uh, I have a game. I'm like, oh, maybe it's maybe it's this from a from a strategy perspective. But the numbers say that this is not the type of game that's going to be, you know, 60, 70 points. Yeah, I don't have them show, uh, too too much. Or I don't have any of the kind of games as a stack showing up. Do have so, some some exposure to Arnold sneaking in as just kind of a one off type play. Um, but yeah, not not a game I'm super interested in stacking up. Okay, doke and people people could get all those those statistics that you send out in a in a sub stack right you're i know you're always behind right you're, yeah. you're always behind on the week <laughs> it'll be going out soon where can yeah. people find that yeah you can find it uh just follow the asa twitter we'll, we'll publish it uh to sub stack if you just google sub five minute asa uh is is the name of the newsletter uh should, should pop up either at or near the top of a google search but uh you know i find twitter to be pretty reliable like we'll we'll be tweeting out uh when that goes live we'll get that out this afternoon uh just got to tighten up some things and probably also make some adjustments for that uh julio news uh but yeah follow us on twitter as analytics dfs uh and we'll link off to that uh it's ten dollars a month for the Substack, which is uh, written content as well as the uh static i guess output uh, of some of the tools and uh models and simulations that we have in place if you want access to like the more dynamic version uh of the tools from which those numbers are generated uh you can subscribe to the site uh at advancedsportsanalytics.com uh, so if, if you want kind of the cliff notes sub, sub stack i think a good uh affordable way to go if you want to be in the weeds with kind of all that we are putting together uh, subscribing to the site potentially could be a better fit for you. And you could find this show. If you're not watching on YouTube, uh, like, and subscribe, obviously, if you're on YouTube, uh, it's always on our Roto grinders, daily fantasy football podcast feed. So you could just search for that in iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, the RG daily fantasy football podcast feed to get this show, as well as all the other NFL shows that we put out throughout the course of the week. So for Stuart Gibson at advanced sports analytics and me, Jordan Cooper here at Roto Grinders. That has been the Advanced Sports Analytics Show here on RotoGrinders.com.